0: All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of 10 Things I Hate About You. My name is Scott Spinelli. My co-host, Brian Yu, we will hear from in a moment. This episode is going to be about that, oh, that favorite movie of all of ours, Blast from the Past. If you don't remember it, uh, it's from 1999. I had Alicia Silverstone, Brendan Fraser... Christopher Walken, Sissy Spacek, Dave Foley the uh, plays one of the uh, friends of Alicia Silverstone, the guy from Kids in the Hall. Uh, the premise of the film is basically that Brendan Fraser has been down in a, a bomb shelter uh, with his parents his entire life. And at 35, uh, he basically comes up and greets the world. That That's essentially the movie. Um, I remember liking it as a kid. Uh, Brian, I'm pretty sure you did as well. How you doing, buddy? How's it going? How are you? I'm good, brother. I'm glad that we are doing this episode because this movie, like you and I talked about before we officially hit the record button, is a movie that just doesn't seem to get talked about that much anymore, and people don't even seem to remember it. I was looking at this up a little bit. It sort of came out in the middle of their runs where they were able to pretty much do whatever they wanted, right? Does that seem? Does that serve memory correctly to you?
1: Yeah, it was probably yeah right at the height of both of their careers, right? You know, I think uh, The Mummy came out the same year as this movie, you know, with Brendan Fraser. And what was Batman, Robin, and Clueless, right? Clueless was 97 in that in that range, right? So. I believe
0: so, yeah, yeah. I think Clueless came before this, and then, you know, this was one of those movies that was just, its felt like watching it was just like, they could get anything greenlit, and they were the two big type of people to just, the big stars to attach to a film like this. And that's, yep, that's yep. how I sort of read it. Um, but yeah, like I said, Brian and I are going to go over 10 things that we like and dislike, five each before the recording. Brian flipped a coin. I still don't believe that he actually has any change in his home. I didn't hear it uh, actually clang against the table. So still investigating whether or not he actually flipped. I I think I lost because I have to do the likes and he gets to do the dislikes. Um, but after we play a little bit of intro music, we will come right back and you will get to hear 10 things that we dislike and like about Blast from the Past. So yeah, one thing I noticed, Brian, was that it seems like a lot of Brendan Fraser's movies, I don't know if you've noticed this trend, are basically where he is somehow removed from the past <laughs> and put in, like, this is just a different version of an Encino man, it's a different version of George from the Jungle, it's a different version of... Um, what was the other one he did that was like, the, oh, uh, what what the hell's the other one I'm thinking of that was like this? He, he I feel like he's done like four of these movies where he's just, uh, yeah, right? Is that familiar to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, th- that's
1: like one of the first things I thought of uh, seeing this movie. Like he's uh, typecast in a very, very specific manner as, you know, simpleton, you know, out of his element
0: yeah, it's bizarre because somehow he like normally that guy is like the um, the nerdy looking guy, quite frankly, that looks like us. You know what I mean? That doesn't also look like he could be the starting quarterback. Um, and so he he's weirdly in that uh, that he can be the mummy hunter and he can also be the guy that says, gee, gosh, I'm, you know, surprised to be here. Like that whole thing. He sort of pulls it off uh, both ways. But yeah, I, I just wanted to start with that. I don't know if you have any opening comments before we get in. I, I open the floor to you. Yeah, I uh I'm kind of with you where I think
1: this uh this movie uh, kind of flew under the radar a little bit. You know, I don't think this would be, make a lot of people's, you know, top 10s, 15s, you know, of of the era. Uh but you know, this was overall a pretty enjoyable romp, you know, a good sit. If you will
0: yeah I, I would agree with that i think uh, you know like we've talked about with these movies from this era like one of my favorite things is that it just gets going right away i mean it is not you know you don't really waste any time they're pretty much in the bomb shelter uh, almost immediately but again we're getting a little ahead of ourselves again like i said it's going to be five things that we like five things that we don't like we flipped a coin beforehand brian gets to do the dislikes i get to do the likes and because i've been doing so much talking right now we're going to start with the dislikes brian if you will please take it away for the first dislike
1: so my my first dislike uh is the actual romance of the movie didn't really work for me that's a pretty big one <laughs> yeah. you know so uh, you know i i really like this movie as um like a sci-fi movie almost you know like the the beginning with you know in the 60s building the bomb shelter like sort of the um the the setup of the movie. but yeah once once uh, Brenda Fraser and Alicia Silverstone meet, like they share a lot of awkward scenes, like these like really cloying, just like really sentimentally sweet scenes together. and it just did, didn't exactly work for me uh, entirely.
0: I agree with you, and I would say even in the context of these schlocky romantic comedies, it still felt fast, right? Like we get that, oh. like this isn't like a this isn't a live recording of reality for them, obviously. But even in the context of these films, I still remember thinking, "What what happened here? How, the like, what did I miss that they're in love now? That it was so fast."
1: Oh yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because, I mean, you know, obviously in terms of movie time or in in universe time, they spend what like a week together, right? Like may, maybe two weeks. Yeah, they go right? two it's weeks. Like, yeah, yeah. But like in movie time, there how how much time do you think they shared on screen together? Like seventeen minutes, yeah. twenty five minutes, yeah. right? Of a right. two hour movie. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, I feel like. Um, Batman and Alfred spent more screen time together, <laughs> you know, in it's The true. Dark Knight than these two. So, yeah, so like, you know, yeah, I uh I'm totally with you where everything just sped up, you know, and they condense like this entire relationship arc um as best as they can, I feel like, but yeah, just like in general, just like th- they're their stuff didn't really work for me.
0: I guess also just real quick one one final add-on to that for me is that like it kind of felt like you know like this is a weird analogy but just stick with me for a second here you know these like hip hop albums where it'll be like a rapper and an R and B guy will do an album together but then you listen to it <laughs> and it's clear that like they were not in the studio at the same time. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, sure. sure. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this movie kind of felt like that for a lot of pieces of it, where it's like, they, obvi- they must have had more scenes with them, and then something got in the way, maybe filming of The Mummy, who knows? But like, something got in the way, and they were like, all right, fine, the hell with it. We're not going to do all of these scenes with them together. We'll just, we'll, while, while we have them, we might as well shoot them in four or five scenes together, because, you know, they, they are the stars of the film. That's what it felt like to me. They were like, they weren't in the same room that often.
1: Yeah, that that is actually a really, I think, a really, really good
0: comp there. The the album I'm thinking of specifically is Best of Both Worlds, Jay Z and R. Kelly, which R. Kelly has obviously fallen on some worse times than that album. But <laughs> but uh, I, I think fans of the genre will agree that uh, that album was expected to be a lot better. Anyway, uh, okay. So one of the things I like. Unless do you have, do, you have any more to add on why why you no, basically no, hated? No, you hated essential No, the I want to hear.
1: I want to hear your first like. Okay,
0: my first like is uh, to your point about liking uh, the the setup of the movie, the science fiction element of it. I actually was, and perhaps this says more about my personality than I'm willing to divulge. But I was really jealous of that setup they had down there. I, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking, like, I, I don't have the uh, the 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 handiness or the wherewithal to build such a structure. But I don't think I'd mind being locked down beneath the Earth's surface for 35 years, growing my own plants and, you know, farming my own fish and never seeing the light of day. Like there was a part of it that, again, like I even remember thinking, like, I kind of like that they have their own grocery store right there. Like, (laughs) I I, (laughs) I like their setup. I know that that makes me. But it also fits in this era that we're in now of basically staying in your home all the time uh Mm. it 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 felt i felt like yeah i i would like to have a grocery store in my apartment that wouldn't be the worst thing
1: yeah i'm totally with uh there with you uh i too really like their setup uh i feel very similarly uh you know um you know when i first saw this movie i think that was my favorite part of the movie was this like little underground universe that they created and how he built it like you would a 1950s home. So, yeah, I kind of I I too enjoyed the the little tiny like geranium universe that they created.
0: Yeah, and it felt like especially to grow up there as a kid and you don't know any different. I mean, I can understand like Sissy Spacek's character hating it, right? But like I was I remember thinking like the dad was like whistling while he worked literally and I remember thinking like yeah, I, 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 I can get down with that. Like, you know, if I was handy and I could thus do more things like that, sure, I could find 35 years worth of activities in the, in that bunker, but maybe that just may, uh, I don't know, I, I might need to get some friends. But either way, all right, dislike number two for you. Let's hear it. So
1: my second dislike, which isn't really a dislike, it's more, <laughs> I'm more confused about, is this weird C-plot that's in this movie with... The owner of the, you know, '60s diner who turns into, you know, a homeless man, and then uh, yep. he mm-hmm. creates this religious cult. So I just wanted to highlight this this C plot and just like track this one man's life. So he, <laughs> right? So he he's growing up in Southern California, right? Because they they established that this takes place in. Sanford, Fernando, right? Maybe. I think. I, yeah, the, I think. I that. think it's in the valley. That's where I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, his mother opens a you know ice cream parlor, diner, you know soda shop. Uh, he starts working there. Hold on, but he, let me let me
0: just let me just add this because this drove me nuts about this. They knock down a residential neighborhood and then all of a sudden it's a busy uh, commercial thoroughfare that part yep. made no sense i mean i know you live in the city but like that's not my house the house i grew up in isn't just going to turn into a uh, that's not how zoning works i mean you can not right like okay sorry but go ahead yes yeah
1: so so yeah so he he starts working at his mom's shop uh doesn't get another job doesn't go to school he seemingly doesn't do anything. He just works there. He doesn't seem to get any better at the job, right? Eventually takes it over, you know, going through all the changes of time and yep. culture mm-hmm. and yep, whatnot. Um, runs it into the ground, becomes a homeless man, becomes a religious fanatic once meeting the Webbers.
0: Hold on. I think you missed out on two important parts is that he also becomes a drug addict and a uh, yes. an alcoholic, like a hard yes. drug addict. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> which
1: contributes to his his th- homeless status. Yes, you know, uh, eventually. <laughs> yes. So, but then, but then, once he meets the Webbers, he helps them move in. When when it turns out that you know uh, Brenda Fraser a millionaire, he then just by proximity then becomes like essentially the manager of the diner that they're opening on that same plot
0: <laughs> right? yeah, and then also develops a southern accent i don't know if you caught that little bit but he yeah. he basically turned into like a, like a hoss. like i don't want my people working down here yeah there.
1: exactly <laughs> yeah, he turns into like a like a real estate mob boss yeah. and And so anyway, so his journey through this movie was wildly distracting for me. Yeah. Because, (laughs) because, you know, because like in a normal movie, right, these people might show up once or twice, but they don't get an entire arc. Right. So every single time he showed back up, I was like, wait a minute. Why do we keep coming back to the same person for for like context? Right. Like his character is only there to provide contextual clues of here's what the culture is like, or here's what the decade is like. But, but instead like the filmmakers decided to actually give him like a storyline.
0: Yeah. I, and, and one or two times to make the joke about the father, the son, the mother would have been enough. Like I didn't think we needed him multiple times. Like the church that he developed, all of that yep. stuff. Yeah. I, I, I didn't need any of that uh, at all. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, on to like number two, yeah, go for it. Uh, I have to say, I thought we're gonna skip out of water here a little bit, but I, I was a little, I really liked, and then I'm disappointed by this. So I guess it's a like, don't like, but it's more of a like. Uh, the way that they ended the movie, basically setting up for blast for the from the past part two. <laughs> <laughs> the end is just the dad not so like not even being sly about it, just mapping out another one, uh, in his backyard, right <laughs> when he's like plotting out like, all right, well, this will be enough to uh, have our second bomb shelter. Uh, I remember thinking like the plot of the next one should be, they go down again. His parents both die down there. Um, and, <laughs> And Brendan Fraser comes up in his sixties or seventies, and is even further perplexed. Uh, Eve is completely lost. She's lost touch with reality. She's <laughs> she's actually the one that needs to be committed, and Brendan Fraser is the one that uh, does the committing to her in a full circle. It's actually a uh, horror. It's a horror film. It's not. It's not a romantic comedy. It's a depressing, horrible film. Yeah,
1: uh, I mean, this sounds like something that like the guy who did. Uh, hereditary or midsummer would make yeah. exactly
0: yeah the blast in the past remake or part two which everyone dies and it just ends horrifically
1: <laughs>
0: uh, all right so that's my second like uh which honestly though i to be fair they remake everything and i would have seen a second version of this if for some reason you know maybe i don't know alicia like the idea of like alicia silverstone and um there is no version of it. Now that I'm thinking about it, like if you, there's no way for it to not be weird in the sense, like you'd say, "Oh, where their kids take over," but like that would mean that <clears throat> that the adults would have to die in the bunker, and that's just too weird. I mean, like yeah, yeah, I feel
1: like that's a, we're going down
0: a, a rough path. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange one. All right, yeah, let's move along from that. Okay, number three from you.
1: So, so my next dislike, I'm actually gonna like go through my next three. So I'm just gonna. Lay the rest out there because they all kind of fall under the same umbrella. Okay, fair enough. Go so, ahead. So, essentially, <laughs> this is what I'll call uh, the '90s stuff. So, okay. <laughs> so, so there's a, a a few things from that era that that stuck out um, that just like were to me kind of painful to watch as somebody who grew up in that era. Do you mean painful so, now
0: or do you mean painful like at the time or both? Just painful looking back at it. Okay, so got here it, okay, I'll, it, I'll it.
1: explain. So the three that I have are one the rollerblading. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about rollerblading that you know like I think it's funny because I feel like you could do it cinematically, right? Like in the in the right movie. But for the most part, when when the the point isn't to be cinematic, right? Then rollerblading just looks really dorky on camera. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Is yeah. <that> wrong?
0: No, <laughs> Is I don't think you're wrong. With that? <laughs> no, I don't think you're wrong. I think, in fairness, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To... like even yeah. even
1: when I watch the X Games, right? Like like I'm somebody who will, I'm not a religious X Games watcher, but I'll casually watch it from time to time. Like you know, if there's like. I just need background noise or something. And, you know, the BMX bikes look cool. Skateboarding looks cool, right? uh, uh, Snowboarding looks cool, but just (laughs) I just cannot ever get behind rollerblading.
0: Yeah, there's something (laughs) about rollerblading that's inherently uncool. I will say in the film's defense, it's like, I guess they were the reason he was so into it is it does make sense. in the idea that like, it was one of the few things he could do down. Yes, in the, agreed. Right. In the bunker. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah.
1: Just like, there's something about whenever I see rollerblading from a movie in the nineties that I don't know, there's something that like just triggers like, like the skeevy GVs inside. of them, I
0: agree. So. It's weird. Yeah. No, no questions asked. Yeah.
1: And then the next thing, uh, is uh was the music so you know the music in this movie is just like filled with just like uh well you know on the one hand it's like the 50s you know uh you know uh early rock and roll but sure sure. um but the majority of music is that 90s generic alternative Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know like You know, there's multiple. There's like there's a scene. Uh, that soundtrack by Everclear. There's a Cherry Pop and Daddy song in there. So like, God, they were hot for a minute there, huh?
0: Remember them? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I found the music a little cringe. From uh, I I hear you.
0: Yep. (laughs) Uh,
1: and then lastly is uh the clothing. I feel like we might talk about the clothing a lot in this series. uh, Yeah. Just because. Yeah, yeah. Just because you know some of that 90s fashion didn't exactly age well but yeah i just like uh some of the fashion choices in this movie do you have one specifically Uh, that
0: like you just drove you nuts
1: you know it actually wasn't anything specific it was just like the general tones
0: (laughs) you know like (laughs) right like everything's so drab right like (laughs) It did seem like all the characters started to try to match whatever it was that Brendan Fraser's character was wearing. I was like, "You know, yeah. you guys don't have to be as boring as a 1950s 35-year-old kid. Like that's not yeah. you don't need to do that." Uh but yeah, they did. Yeah, I agree. That was that was a little um that was a little rough in terms of the st- the style was very strange throughout the whole thing, for sure. Yeah. Um all right, so does that leave me now with a couple to do here? Um Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's, all right. Let's, so let's, let's I have one that's sort of a combo. I, I it was that I, I can give a, cu- a couple examples. Like I'll use this one um, uh, th- that'll take up a few uh, spots here. Actually, you know what? This this actually could be um, my version of what you did, which is I thought there were some legitimate LOLs in this movie. I have to say, and I I don't remember LOLing like that uh, when I watched it. Um, at the time, but watching it now, like I, well, not ironically, I legitimately laughed. Okay, so a couple of those situations. Uh, first, when the, the the dad is describing, uh, Christopher Walken is describing to Brendan Fraser what baseball is as a kid, and he's explaining what a force out is, and he, the kid just doesn't. He goes, "Well, why does he go there? Well, he must. What do you mean he must? Why does he? Why <laughs> he says like, why is he going to get tagged out at third if he doesn't have to? Just don't go." <laughs> so I, ne- I never really thought about it. I thought that was a funny. Uh, back and forth. I thought the, um, and I also thought that uh, Alicia Silverstone had a couple of just like dynamite lines. The first line I loved was uh, her description of what a dickhead is. Uh, when she, you know, mm. she literally explains that it's a penis uh, walking, you know, like that kind of, that whole description I thought was very funny. And I thought also that when they're driving to Perry Como, and she starts driving really fast and she says I can't help it Perry Como gets me so cranked mm. <laughs> well all of that for whatever reason really hit me in the uh, the very funny uh, way and then my third thing that I thought was really funny was um, uh, that character Troy who was at times such an over-the-top mm. mm-hmm. caricature of of uh, of the, of the gay of the 90s gay character It was ridiculous but um, when the two things he said um, that i thought were great were when they were searching for uh they were searching for a, a, a partner for brendan Fraser and he says yeah lying actually could be an effective dating tool uh i thought that was a good line and then the other one where he says um uh that he thought a gentleman was someone who owned horses <laughs> i thought that was was also a very good line like there were some just surprise hits it's like putting on an, an album that you haven't listened to in a long time and you know the singles obviously but you're like oh wow these you know these b-side cuts were pretty good i didn't realize there were that many of these bangers on here if that if that actually uh, that's my second music analogy of the day but does that does that <laughs> makes that what make sense or no
1: yeah for sure i uh, i'm totally there with you too uh on that one uh i legitimately laughed a bunch of times in this movie i uh i really liked a lot of the like fish out of water stuff you know like you know when he's keeping up the you know sort of I don't want to say gimmick, but, you know, or act because he's not acting. You know, he, you know, obviously thinks that the world (laughs) has gone through a nuclear holocaust. But um, yeah, like some of that, like back and forth, some of like the setups uh, were really, really funny. I'll tell you the thing that made me laugh the most was (laughs) at the very beginning is Christopher Walken's performance of how he would react if there was a nuclear explosion right like so he <laughs> thinks right he thinks that a nuke went off and he is you know closing the door but and, and just the the his reaction of just like the oh god no they did it they did it and it, <laughs> there's something about that performance that just like really really tickled me so yeah i yes. thought he
0: was good That's i thought um, before we get into uh, our little quiz at the end here, as we uh, are starting to make a habit of, uh, I'd like to know, because I have a few don't likes that I'd like to share that I didn't get to get in. And I'm curious if, if you have a few likes that uh, you didn't get to share.
1: Oh, so, uh, you know, the one that I want to share is that something I really liked about this movie, surprisingly, w- were there's like a bunch of moments that are super rom-com cliche moments um you know there's a swing dance sequence right there's like the alcoholic mother uh you mentioned the gay best friend right like there's a lot of like that kind of stuff in this movie but it all works in this movie you know like nothing none of that bothered me at all like you know normally like the cliche stuff kind of drives me insane because a lot of times, like, it doesn't feel like it belongs in the movie or that it's just, like, there because, you know, the movie is of a specific genre. But in this one, it all kind of worked. Like, it all made sense why those things were in here. And and they also did it in, like, clever ways where, you know, it, there was, like, a twing of satire slash irony, right? Like, it, you know, so... You know, in that sense, like, uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff really worked for me. I, I
0: I agree with you, and I think what's interesting is that, like, on the whole, I think we're both on the same page here. The movie seemed to be like extremely good at its conceit, right? Which is, fish, mm-hmm. like you said, fish out of water. Thirty-five-year-old man grows up around only his parents, knows nothing other than sixties upbringing, that kind of thing. Early sixty, you know, basically late fifties. Because I mean, it was the sixties when it happened, but like the idea is that it's you know late fifties, right? Right. That type of kid. That all that stuff was great, and like you said, the side characters worked and all that. The problem, of course, is that they re- they seem to realize towards the end. Oh wait a minute, this is a romantic comedy, and then, yeah,
1: like
0: we have to hurry them together. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it all basically happens in what is my dislike, which is the club forties scene. Uh, <laughs> so first of all, first of all, let's just a few things. What? Why would you? Is that club forties? And this, I'm this is like I guess kind of funny, but like I'm being serious. Is that? Is that like referencing the 1940s or is that the idea that um, like everyone there is above 40 years old? (laughs) Because honest to God, I was curious because I cannot imagine a club. Did they just think that the 40s were the roaring 20s? Because nobody would want to party during World War II. And like it's not it's not the 40s are not known in the United States as like a booming fun time. (laughs) <laughs> that, is,
1: that is a really really good point. I did not consider that at all. But no, that is actually a really really good point. You would not be romantic about
0: the 1940s. No one is, and and yeah. it's like it's almost as if they were like they like they had like a brain fart they meant 20s and just the guy on set or the person on set never <laughs> caught that because it's kind of like a 20s vibe in there you know what i mean like they've got the swing and they're yes, doing yeah, that kind yeah. of thing like yeah. all that's missing is a yeah. flapper dress right yeah like, yeah yeah and i was like this is not. i don't i was i want to say to them, i don't think this is the decade you meant because <laughs> like it just isn't the 1940s and then also in that scene um, I'd love to know a little bit more backstory about why they hate Sophie so much. Like what is Sophie's Oh yes, what is oh, Sophie's yes. story, why do we hate yeah, why do we hate her so much? Like that never they don't even touch on that. She's just a skank and we hate her. And I don't yeah, know why. You know, I,
1: when they introduce that, because you know, it's been a while since I've seen this movie, when they introduced that, I was like waiting for that like throwaway line, you know, where it was like, Oh, Sophie stole like my boyfriend, yes, or, you that's know, all like, just like Something, yeah, ju- just to justify like why she hates her so much, and yeah, it's,
0: but no, they they don't do they don't even do that. <laughs> no, not at all. And you could make a strong case that up until that point in the film, the the most emotion, energy, like anything that Alicia Silverstone's character experiences, is the very notion. Of Sophie, like that's where she gets the most pissed off or the most yes. like heightened energy out of anything. It's this Sophie character, and they do not do one bit of explanation as to why that's the case. I mean, yeah. there's a whole film that probably somewhere details what the hell happened between those two. Uh, that and, and also the what's his name Troy um, acknowledges. Remember when he's like, "Oh, you're gonna come with me to to go get her," and he goes, "She would kill me." Like people are yeah, terrified yeah, of her. <laughs> so um, what did she? I, do? I did want to
1: ask you, uh, uh, before we we uh, wrap this up. I did want to ask you,
0: what what was she doing, working at that baseball card? Oh, shop I had there? that same thought, man. I was like, how did he? She went from a so hair like, salon what, to, and what was her even job there? What was the? Yeah, job?
1: exactly. Like, w- w- was she just? I mean, like it. <sighs> yeah you know, I've never worked at a baseball card shop, but like w- you wouldn't need like a stock person, right? Like baseball cards are the easiest things to stock. yeah there's no, right? there was nothing like, else
0: to do. She came like out of the back room as if they were like printing their own cards there. yeah. <laughs> so
1: like so I was so confused about even that whole scene. I was just distracted because I was playing mental gymnastics of trying to figure out what her job at the baseball card shop would be why she knows so much about baseball cards right because she cites the mickey mantle you know price tag like on the spot so yeah i was just like like i was curious like did, did you get a sense of like what her you know form of employee was there
0: no especially because they also made mention to the fact that she was like a hairdresser before or a, some some involved yeah like she
1: bounced around yeah she's like yeah she's a um a bit of a
0: nomad right but even the bouncing around that is a one man one woman shop it is not a it is not a multiple yeah, exactly. person effort you don't need two people to run us yeah even that specific store was like so it was like a, a what do they call those like railroad apartments it was a You know, there wasn't uh, it wasn't a lot of space. So there wasn't also that guy could I mean, could he have been any more from central casting with the with the with the ponytail? (laughs) It's like we get it. Baseball card fans are nerds like, you know, like for the love of God, we didn't all have ponytails. All right. (laughs) So over the top with that. Um, The uh, let's see, did I have? Oh, final thing I didn't that I thought was a little much was when they when they do Mm -hmm. kiss right before she has him committed and then quickly realizes that it was a mistake. Uh, which was again part of what we didn't like, but uh, th- that kiss scene was like borderline inappropriate. Oh, like, in, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like they, they—it was a close-up of their lips, like lingering long, <laughs> and then she slowly asks them if, if she he's ever had sex. Like, I was like, all right, pump the brakes, oh, you yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, I
1: honestly yeah,
0: like yeah. the the
1: the chemistry part, the, or the the ro-
0: the romance, just was at best yeah yeah and like when they did that i was like i think we're lingering i'm not a prude but i was like i think we're lingering a little too long (laughs) on like how this like slow kiss and like i was waiting for them just like i was like did i forget that there was nudity in this film what's happening it's so (laughs) so, uh, anyway i think we can both say though as we wrap up here that we definitely did like this movie despite the fact that we both went overboard on (laughs) dislikes is that fair to say that you liked the movie
1: yeah, no. It, generally, I do uh, enjoy this movie. Yeah, they, uh, I I agree with your assessment. There's some like legit laugh out loud moments. It's it's generally a sweet movie. Um, it's inoffensive. You know. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I know we we're like kind of bashing on it um, because sometimes it's more fun to bash, but. Um, but no, I generally like this movie. I think it's 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 a good one, and uh, yeah, worth a watch.
0: Oh, and uh, one other quick thing too was I thought it was funny that the dad is so believing that they are down in that bunker, right? And under he believes that what happened happened, right? Like even at the end, he still <laughs> believes that uh, there was a bomb. Yet right. he decides even like ten years into it that he doesn't want to throw away those stocks. Like, <laughs> if I have a receipt from, like, more than 10 days that's lingering on my counter, I throw it away. Yeah. This guy bought stocks well, yeah, and I the mean, world ended. He, he didn't throw them away.
1: He even, he even just casually is like, oh, these companies probably don't even exist anymore. Yeah, but. he acknowledges
0: <laughs> it and and just still holds on to them for some reason. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was funny. But, yeah, I agree with you. I liked it as well. Um, all right. So we're trying to make this a little bit of a little game here, and I I want to see how you do on this. Um Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do first uh, budget versus box office. We'll call it. Uh, that's the working title that I'll change. I'm sure the next time we record. <laughs> um, all right. So the budget for this film is thirty-five million dollars. The question for you, Brian, Yu, is what did this movie do at the box office? Now, keep in mind before you answer, all answers are coming from uh, uh, the source of sources, Wikipedia. So, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say. It made fifty. Okay, very close. Forty point three. I would have thought it made a lot more ah. based on the stars in the film, but you are right. I, I would. I would still. You know, I mean, listen by prices right rules, you went over, but still, I. I, I think that's yeah. a, close enough to a W for you on that one. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm,
1: uh, Forty is like, like I, I, um, I underestimated, because, you know, I feel like this this movie just like, isn't it the zeitgeist? So I just kind of assumed like, okay, well, it doesn't seem like a lot of people have seen this movie, right? Like people don't exactly talk about it. So that's how I was judging it. But 40 seems like like
0: really low, doesn't it? Like yeah, even it does, for 1999, yeah. yeah. I wonder yeah. if it, I mean, I guess we could look this up and, I, and I'll try to do this while I ask your next question. But um, I, I'm curious to know what else came yeah apparently here it is it came in fifth place in box at, uh, at the box office it's opening weekend which that feels Oof. i wonder what Shit. else yeah i'm gonna look that up while we work on this next thing here but basically uh i'm curious to see um what else came out that weekend because it just seems like a movie with those people in it in that time frame a yeah, comedy exactly. you know yeah. like it was uh it just seems odd that that would be that uh dead oh well here we go Yeah. All right. I got it now. Um, I I mean, assuming this is right. uh, Let's see. This is from Box Office Mojo, but um, movies that came out that weekend were Saving Private Ryan, Patch Adams, Stepmom, uh, The Prince of Egypt, A Bug's Life, uh, Ants and A Bug Life. Bugs Life were out at the same time. I didn't know that. Uh, But yeah, Saving Private Ryan. I mean, there's your answer right there. Uh, Yeah. 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 That, That
1: would cannibalize. Anything? Yeah. So.
0: All right. So the next thing, as far as quiz is, I'd like to. Uh, we're going to Rotten Tomatoes, and I want to get your sense on fully guessing. What do you think? Uh, do you want to do the uh, Tomato Meter or the Audience Score? What do you think? You, which one would you? Would uh, you like to guess both or?
1: I'll, yeah, I'll do the Tomato Meter. Okay. What do you um, think? I'm gonna say
0: fifty-six. God, you're good at this. 58. <laughs> wow. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Really good. Wow. That's really good. Uh, yeah. 58% on the tomato meter. Uh, the audience score was exactly 56. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that, I mean, that proves it. I mean, you are the audience yeah. and you gave it exactly yeah. what you said. Uh, yeah. So 58% on the tomato meter.
1: Yeah. That, I, I mean, I guessed it because that makes sense to me, right? Like uh, it's, Enjoyable, but it's not beloved, you know. So, you yeah, know that, that to me, yeah, yeah that's fair. I yeah. mean, yeah, I,
0: I just feel like it should get a little bit more love. And it's not to say that it's like I agree. Yeah, it's not to say that it's great, but it's just funny how like people will reference movies like She's All That or Ten Things I Hate About You, uh, and th- this movie will just never get mentioned ever. Yeah, I just don't know yeah, why. Yeah, I
1: agree. I, I mean, I think I think some of it might be the the concept, right? Like, I think I think the The conceit, which we both really, really like, um, I think, can be a little bit challenging to get people in the door in the first place, right? So that's true. You know, you have you have like this kind of is this kooky sci-fi premise, um, you know, it wrapped around this like romantic comedy, and yeah, I could kind of see like how some people would see the trailer or like see the advertisements and say like, eh, like, you know. You know soft pass so yeah i think some of that might be just like the the general setup of the movie uh unfortunately because i think once you get past that right like if you just get in the doorway and like you said like the movie i think starts i you know the first 20 30 minutes of the of this movie to me are the strongest agreed yeah yeah Uh uh-huh so yeah so once you're in the movie then it's like okay like i'm on this journey so it's like okay i'm gonna see it through um so you know i you know it's like the complete opposite i feel like you know we're probably gonna talk about this a lot but like i think a lot of these other movies like the first 20 30 minutes is like the sloggiest part right like where you're like going up the roller coaster and it's like okay like all right i have to learn about this person and like what they do for a living and okay this is like it's like uh you know you just have to go through the motions but yeah this movie is much more different than that so yeah i think like yeah it's you know i would encourage more people to check it out if they haven't
0: I, I agree with you 100 definitely needs to get more love um i think that'll do it for uh this episode uh once again i am scott spinelli uh and for brian you we are raising a warm glass of dr pepper for this episode thank you so much for listening this was blast from the past and we'll catch you next time